Westside family. My name is Eric Johnson, and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys, and enjoy. All righty, let's rock and roll. So I'm going to talk to you this morning uh, uh, about lessons from a storm. Lessons from a storm. Uh, this is going to be more of a symbolic-based message. Uh, things that we're going to pull out of this area of Scripture is going to be representative of things that uh, can happen in our life. Uh, when we go uh, through a storm, they're not like literal. This is not like uh, 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 like what maybe we would say. This is like the literal meaning of this area of scripture. It's, it's again, symbolic and representative of things we go through. And so that's kind of how we're going to approach this today. Sometimes when you uh, break down scriptures, you're breaking them down in a very literal way. Like this is exactly what they meant. This is exactly how we should apply them. And then sometimes we break down scripture in a, in a more personal revelational way, like this is how they apply to us, or they might apply differently to different people. And uh, this one is more symbolic. So let's jump into this. This is when uh, Jesus and the disciples was in a boat, a big storm came, and the disciples thought they was going to uh, die in the storm, but Jesus was just chilled and collected. And basically rebuked the storm on their behalf. But then he ended up rebuking them because of their lack of faith. And so there is a lot of, of, of symbolic uh, applications uh, for us in our life uh, when we go through storms. So anyway, let's dive into this. And we're going to start by reading it. So we're going to be in Mark uh, chapter 4, verses 35 uh, through 41. Uh, I'll give you a few. Lorana asked me to give people a few moments uh, to either scroll from your phone to those areas of scripture or if you have the book to get to that point. Uh, I'm working out of the New King James Version today. If that matters to you, I typically pull from three different versions uh, New King James, NIV, and English Standard. Those are my typical uh, go tos, with uh, New King James Version being probably the dominant uh, version that I pull from uh, the most. Are you guys ready to rock and roll? On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind 
and the sea obey him. So the first thing we're going to notice in this scripture that is symbolic of us going through storms is the word day. It says on the same day, when you look at day throughout scripture, especially in this application, it can mean a specific season. It can mean a specific timing. So in this scenario, we are looking at the disciples going into or going through a storm uh, for a specific, in a specific time, which means for a specific test or for a specific way of growing and developing. Sometimes we go through storms because God allows us to go through storms so that we can grow and we can develop. And oftentimes these storms are created or we are allowed to go through them on a specific day. Not day in the terms of 24 hours, but day in the term of a specific time or a specific season. So you might be in a storm and it's not because you've done anything bad, but you are in a storm because you are at a specific location on your journey of faith and God is saying you need to get a little bit better, you need to get a little bit stronger, your faith needs to grow a little bit more, you need to die a little bit more in this area, so I am going to send you, I'm going to allow you to go through a storm so you can be more like the person that I've created you to be. The second thing that we come across is evening. Evening. Evening oftentimes or can in scripture represent the time of struggle. The Bible says that weeping endures for the night. Weeping endures for the evening. But joy comes in the morning. What I have found is whether it be Satan or whether it be God... We are sent through storms in times that we are vulnerable. Because if we go through storms when we are at our strongest point, then it takes away from our need to rely upon God and use faith to get through the storm. Because some of us are strong. Some of us are wise. Some of us have experience. And we, within our own ability, can handle certain storms at certain times of the day. But we all have weaknesses and we all have these things that can cause us to be vulnerable. And I have found in my life and in other people's life that most of the time storms come not when I'm at my strongest, but storms come when I am at my weakness. Because it's when I am at my weakness that I am not able to use my own strength to overcome this storm, but I have to use my faith in God, my dependency upon the Holy Ghost and the wisdom of the Lord so that I can get through the storm. And at the end of the day, I can't say it's me and my power that overcome the storm, but it's me and my reliance on God and his faithfulness to me as a son that has enabled me to get through the storm that has come at a vulnerable time in my life. So number three is the other side. The Bible says that they went to the other side. The other side represents transition. 
Transition is never easy. When we go from point A to point B, transition equates to change. Most people, unless you're like me, I took a person, I, I, I like personality tests, and the last uh, test I, I took gave me a reading that says, uh, I'm one of the most rarest types of all personality types. And I read between the line, and my reading between the lines says this, Jonathan, you are a weirdo. <laughs> I'm sorry, this weirdo is your pastor. So unless you're like me, I like change. If I don't get change, I kind of get screwy in the head. But most people cannot handle change. They get very uncomfortable. Transitional periods in people's lives creates vulnerability. But the Bible says we go from glory to glory. When you look at uh, uh, the different men and women of God in Scripture, you, you cannot help to see that God was always doing something different in their life. David was in the field at one moment, and then he was on the battlefield another moment. Then he was in the king's palace another moment. Then he went back to his father another moment. And then he was running for his life another moment. And then he was in the caves another moment. And then he was on the throne another moment. See, like David had all these different moments going on in his life. He was consistently going through transition. And if you really look at David's life, you will see that oftentimes transitions and storms went hand in hand. Because what we get out of the storm always, always propels us higher and us being prepared higher in God creates a transition for us in life. Number four is windstorm. A great, can you say great? I'm going faster through these than I thought. I even got myself a timer because I don't want to kill you today. I might be able to blast these babies. I don't know. I might just get you out of here early and then you're not hangry, Emerald, all right? Windstorm, battle or temptation. It says it was a great windstorm. Now, the, the Bible teaches us that God does not tempt us. I need to make that clear. Like when you're tempted with sin, that's not God working in your life. But on the other hand, would it be safe to say that God allows us to be tempted? When Adam or Eve, when Eve was tempted, was that God? No. But do we think that God knew what was going on? Of course. He's not ignorant to anything. But what we also know is when we are tempted, it's not God. It's the tempter, the adversary. But when we overcome that temptation... It is a way that we are able to defeat the adversary. So you, you cannot physically defeat the adversary. But you can defeat the adversary by overcoming the temptations of the adversary. 
The Bible says that if you resist him, if you overcome him, if you defeat him, then he will flee. So you might be dealing with a storm, a temptation, a struggle, a battle, and you're like, God, what? Man, why am I going through this? Why am I having these weaknesses? Why am I having these thoughts? And it's not because God wants you to fail, because the Bible teaches us that God will never put us in a situation that we cannot overcome. But God is really putting you on the front line, and he's, and he's putting a weapon in your hand to give you the chance and the opportunity to defeat the devil in your life by overcoming the temptation that is in front of you. And the more we can overcome Satan collectively with our individual temptations, the more Satan can be defeated in life, in community, in church, in family. So God isn't just trying to defeat us. He's, he, he's not up there playing a game like we're puppets and he's the puppeteer. No, he really wants us to defeat Satan. Why? Because Satan is on the earth and God has given the earth into our hands to subdue, to have dominion. And God wants us to take dominion even over Satan. But we can only take dominion over Satan when we say no to his temptations. How do we overcome Satan? How do we control him? The Bible says that God has given us, his children, dominion over the earth. The Bible says that Satan fell out of heaven and he was sent to the earth. See, Satan knew what he was doing when he was tempting Eve. He was actually playing a chess game of control and power. He knew if he could get Eve to say yes to the fruit, then he would have control. Because as long as Adam and Eve never ate the fruit, they would have control over him. When you eat the fruit, you are giving him control. But when you don't eat the fruit, you are defeating Satan. And that means you have dominion over your part of the lie of, of the world. Oh, smack somebody and say, he's preaching better than you're clapping. I told you, you better watch out when I don't have a lot of notes. Waves, the, the fifth one, waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling this was not just any battle. It was a hard battle. We go through battles probably daily. But we go through hard battles seasonally. So I don't know about you. I can't handle a hard battle daily. There's a difference. We go through battles every single day. Because every single day we got to deal with the sinful nature. But then there are seasons when that we go through a battle and we kind of feel like Christ felt when he was on the cross and he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? Or we feel like Elijah when he sat under a tree and he was like, God, take my life. I can't take this anymore. There is times we go through hard battles. And this windstorm that these disciples was going through was not just a typical windstorm. 
The Bible, if you was to read this in context, the Bible says that the waves was crashing into the boat and the waves was filling up the boat. And some versions actually say that the boat was being swamped by the waves. So in other words, they was in a battle for their lives. And they actually was fearing their lives. So there are some battles to where we feel like we're being defeated. Have you ever felt that way? Like the devil is just running the gauntlet on you. And no matter what you say, and no matter what you do, and no matter how much you pray, it's as if you are just being defeated. You are being whooped. You are being locked up. You are being pounded. You are being grounded. And no matter how much you pray, and no matter how much you praise, and no matter how much you come to church, and no matter how much offering you give, that season in your life, you are just getting grounded and pounded. Have you ever been there? It's a hard battle, but it doesn't change how we should respond. Just because we go through a hard battle doesn't give us the excuse to live life any differently when it comes to our life in Christ. Sometimes people use hard battles to tap out. Sometimes people use hard battles to not come to church. Sometimes people use hard battles to go back to their old ways. Sometimes people use hard battles to treat people indifferently or to be rude or to be mean or to gossip or to lie or to do all these evil things. But no, a hard battle is the total opposite. The harder the battle, the more we pray. The harder the battle, the more we read. The harder the battle, the more we go to church. The harder the battle, the more we praise. The harder the battle, the more we give. The harder the battle, the more solid and the more committed we are to God. And I'm going to end on this one. Why? Because we know, we know he is in the stern of the boat. If you know he is in the stern of the boat, watch the stern of the boat. It's the back end of the boat. It's where the motor compartment is most of the time. If you know he is in the stern of the boat, you don't have to change your faith. If you know he's in the stern of your boat, you know the waves are not going to lead you to death. If you know he's in the stern of the boat, the circumstance don't have to steal your praise. If you know he's in the stern of the boat, you don't have to go back to your old ways. If you know he's in the stern of the boat, you don't have to fear losing it all. You don't have to fear collapse. You don't have to fear breakage. 
You don't have to fear bondage. You don't have to fear all the things that the devil is trying to get you to think about and meditate upon and to, and, and, and to manipulate with. If you know he's in the stern of the boat, you know the storm is going to end and you know everything's going to be okay. But let me give you another little insight to Jesus being at the stern of the boat. The fact that Jesus is at the back of the boat might just mean that Jesus wants you to take lead of the boat. So instead of you freaking out, breaking down, and expecting Jesus to rise up and do something, maybe, just maybe, Jesus wants you to rise up and do something for yourself, about yourself, with the power and the, the, and the, the dominion and the authority that he has given you. Amen? I think sometimes we rely too much on Jesus. Sometimes we're praying when we should be working. Sometimes we're praising when we should be rebuking. Sometimes we're worrying and we should be fighting. Sometimes we're talking and we're gossiping uh, uh, about things when we should be declaring faith. Sometimes we're talking about what the doctor said and how our life is going to change and how nothing is going to be the same and how we're possibly going to die or we're possibly going to have to deal with this issue or this or that. In all reality, we should rise up and take the lead and begin to declare in faith and declare by Scripture and declare by the promises of God with a yes and an amen and rise up and fight the battle with the power and the ability that God has given us. Sometimes God is in the back because he knows you got the front. I want to say this again. Sometimes God is in the back because he knows you got the front. You're capable. You're able. You got the skills. You got the power to deal with the war on the front line. Lessons from a storm. What did we go over? Sometimes we go through storms at a specific timing for a specific test. Number one, we typically go through storms when we are vulnerable. Number two, that's the evening. Number three, storms or transition is a byproduct of storms, and storms is a byproduct of transition. The great windstorm is a battle and temptation that is not supposed to overcome us, but it's how we defeat the adversary. 
Waves beating into the boat, filling the boat, represents a hard battle that seems like defeat. But the harder the battle, the harder the fight that we should have. And then number five, if you know that Jesus is in the back of your boat, then you should know everything's going to be okay. You don't have to lose your prayer. You don't have to lose your praise. You don't have to lose your faith. In fact, you can use your storm as a way to catapult to your next level of faith. Or use your storm to have a testimony. Or use your storm to be a witness. Or use your storm as a reminder that God will never leave you or forsake you. Holy Spirit just gave me a word for some people. You're fighting a storm and you're worried about succumbing to the storm without remembering the storms that God gave you power of in your past. The Bible says we are overcomers by the word of our what? What is a testimony? It's an occurrence of victory from your past. Your testimony has nothing to do with your today, has nothing to do with your tomorrow. Your testimony is a victory from your past. Some of you are being overcome by your current storm because you are forgetting what God did for you in your past. And you're supposed to remember the storm of the past and have the faith and the strength and the praise and the prayer to overcome the storm of the current because you know you are an overcomer by the confession by the declaration, by the word of your past victory. It's up to you, though. It's up to you. How are you going to deal with your storm today? You can fold up bottom of the boat and just let it take its course tossing you around, throwing you from side to side, possibly flipping and drowning or you can rise up be not today I'm not dying today I'm not drowning today God saved me in my past, God is going to save me today God healed me in my past. God's going to heal me today. God delivered me yesterday. God's going to deliver me today. God ain't brought me this far to give up on me. God hasn't developed me this much to kill me. I got a story that's being told, and I got a story to, de- to tell. So, devil, you can go straight to hell.
Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.